Whole family. Come on, can we make some noise for our leadership? Can we show some love? Pastors Greg and Pastor Tamara, we love you. Come on, can we keep that going for just a moment? Come on. Come on, yeah, you can stand for that. Plant City, South Shore, come on. Come on. Come on, we love you, pastors. We miss you. We're praying for you. We're believing greater things in Jesus' name. We're with you. Come on, church. The body of Christ, I love it. Come on. God is so good. Hallelujah. Can we uh, love on our leadership team? I mean, listen, listen to me. It says a whole lot, and I say this often, when our leadership says, hey, I want the teaching team to come up, amen, and partake in what God is doing. And then this platform is open so that we can then further the kingdom of God. It says a lot about our leadership, amen. So pastors, Pastor Jonas, Pastor Curtis, Pastor Greg, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity. Pastor Stephen, you killed it a couple weeks ago. Come on. Kicking off this series. Dr. Rutland was in the house. Come on. Listen, we have such an amazing team. If you're watching other stuff, listen, we have an amazing archive. We got to get on that. There's so much great ministry taking place, so much great content. You got to jump on and watch all those amazing sermons. God's word is being furthered right here in our region. An amazing, amazing teaching team. Let me, uh, let me just pray, amen, because I came here to hear God speak, amen? Can I just pray and get out the way real fast? Amen, thank you. Two claps, I love it. It's, it's, it's going to be good. Online, you clapping with me? Amen. Online's tracking with me. Come on. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you, Lord. As always, there's a message here, Father God. I've studied. I've prayed. I've fasted. Lord, I've sought you. Father, I've sought counsel. Lord, I pray that you would use as much as you want, as little as you want. All I ask is that you would speak through me as a willing vessel, that I would move aside, Lord, that I would not say one thing that Hector wants to say, but that all would be you, Father, that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are in a series called Realignment, who God says we are in the presence of many redefining moments. Now, if we are in a series called Realignment, then obviously we're out of alignment. I mean, it's, it's simple logic, right? So if we need to get back to alignment, that means we need to get back to the way things were or the way things should be. Amen? Okay, amen. Amen. It's, it's going to be one of those mornings. Amen. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm good with that, amen, because I came to deliver a letter, amen, and if you want to read it, praise God. If you don't want to read it, praise God, amen. I came to deliver a message, and I believe that God wants to birth something in us. You see, I believe that in order for us to be realigned, we have to get back to devotion. I know that word is a, it's a, it's a little different, amen, because are we truly being devoted, are we actually being devoted and fully into what God has called us to do? Are we submitting to that devotion? Remember when we first got saved? You remember how on fire we were? Full 
fully devoted, not somewhat devoted. Loyal, to be faithful, true, to be steadfast, constant, to be committed, dedicated, enthusiasm for something or someone devoted to a cause, devotion for a cause. Do we remember how devoted we were? Listen, before I get started, I'm going to read to you out of 2 Kings, the 13th chapter, amen? So please do me a favor. There's going to be a, a whole lot of scripture spoken, but I'm not going to put it on the screen, amen? I think it's time that we start reading our Bibles daily, amen? The more we read it, the more we retain it, the more we get into the practice of opening it. So if you're looking for the screen, amen, all you're going to do is see me, amen? I'm not that pretty to look at. I'm telling you, but if you open that word of God, amen, you're going to start retaining it, amen, and then it becomes life, it becomes attached to you, amen, and then when you open your mouth, you'll be speaking words of truth, amen, to a, to a people that need it more than ever. I'm going to read to you out of 1 Kings and uh, 2 Kings, but 1 Kings and 2 Kings, if you've ever read it, it talks a lot about bad kings and good kings. More bad kings than good kings. I got to be honest, you know, it'll, if you start reading in 1 Kings and go into 2 Kings, they usually start within chapters, there's a bad king, and he did evil on the site. And it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because his bad king, bad king, maybe good king, he started off good, he was still evil, bad king, bad king, good king. Nope, he actually turned out to be a bad king, bad king, bad king. We have more bad kings than we have good kings in there. And in 2 Kings, the 13th chapter, in the first 13 verses, it actually references three bad kings before we get into reading about what Elisha did. But listen to me, even evil kings, God will hear from time to time because he loves his people. But here's what happens. Here's what happens throughout the story. God restores his people, and then his people turn right back to sin. Do you know the one thing they had to do but wouldn't do that's still hard for all of us to do? That's a lot of do's in there. I'm going I'm I'm to say it again. Do you know the one thing they had to do but wouldn't do that is still hard for all of us to do? Repent. To turn away from, turn away from, to repent. You see, I had this vision, amen, can I share it with you? I was going to do it anyways, amen, I got the mic. <laughs> you see, I, I had this vision, amen, in my time of meditation. Listen, I'm talking about meditation, I'm not talking about levitation, I'm not crazy. I spend time with God, amen, and then I just meditate on his word, amen. That's out of Psalm 1. You can read that. Amen. I meditate on his word, and as I was meditating in God's word, I saw this vision about three to four months ago. I saw God's hand being inserted and creating space within space, a time within time, amen. And his, this is what I believe the Lord is doing. He is opening up a gap, a window, so that his remnant can jump in and begin to influence for such a time as now. But will we join him? Because I believe that if we jump into this window, this timeline, before it closes, I believe we will gain great ground against what the enemy has taken from us that's rightfully ours. But will we join him? 
Will we jump in? I'm going to read out of 2 Kings 13, verses 14 through 19. Amen. I'm going to read fast. You know how I do it, so listen fast with me. Verse 14 out of 2 Kings 13. When Elisha became sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over him and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows, and then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on it. And then Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. And he said, Open the window toward the east. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The Lord's arrow of victory, even the arrow of victory over Aram, for you will defeat the Arameans at effect until you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows, and he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground, and he struck it three times and then stopped. So the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Aram until you would have destroyed it. But now you shall strike Aram only three times. Here's the big idea, church. It's time to keep striking. It's time to keep striking while the window is open. It's time to gain ground. It's time to keep striking. Keep striking in your family. Keep striking in your marriage. Keep striking. Keep striking. Keep striking. Keep striking. Don't let up now. I'm going to talk about it. Amen. Listen, in verse 14, when he says, when Joash comes, this is an evil king. He comes to Elisha. And he says to him, listen, I see what's going on, the chariots and the horsemen. What he is saying is, Elisha, I'm seeing what's around me. I'm seeing what's around me, and what's around me is dictating to me this fear. And Elisha steps in, listen to me. We have to first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to us. How do we begin our day? Listen to me. Why am I saying this? Because even an evil king knew how to go before the man of God. You see, we have to seek first his kingdom. This is out of Matthew 6. And then he says, and his righteousness. And I'm going to add all this to you. Well, what is he saying? If you read Matthew 6, it starts with the Lord's Prayer. Then he talks about fasting. Read it. It talks about fasting and the benefits, the true riches If you have anxiety, it even shows us the cure of anxiety right within Scripture in Matthew 6. A lot of us are dealing with anxious moments and anxiety, and it's right within Scripture. But we have to first seek the kingdom of God. Or are we first seeking the kingdom of Facebook when we get up in the morning? I'm like, hold on, Jesus. I got to catch up. Oh, no, she didn't. She don't look like that. That's one of those photos. Seek ye first the kingdom of faith, I mean, of God. Are we seeking him? Are we seeking God in all things? Oh, do we seek God, seek ye first the kingdom of God on some things? We have to get back. 
to our devotion to be devoted to God, being all out and sold out. We have to get back to the fundamentals. Verse 15, Elijah said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. And, um, and, and, and Joash did. And then Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the window toward the east. The window has been opened, church. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot them. And he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, even the victory of over Aram, for you will defeat the Arameans at effect until you have destroyed them. Church, can I just say, we have the victory. The battle's already been won. We can't forget this truth. Listen, the man of God puts his hands on the king's hands. Listen, God's hands are on his people. We cannot forget based on our surroundings. This king saw his surroundings, but he failed to seek God first. So he let his surroundings dictate his emotion. Amen. But the man of God said to him, listen to me, grab these bows. He said, grab this bow and these arrows. He said, now shoot it. Think about the significance of that arrow. He said, today, when you shot that arrow and it struck the ground, you just gained ground against the enemy with just one arrow. Listen to me. He just told him, this is how we defeat the Arameans, with one arrow. The significance of the deliverance of God was in just that one arrow by faith if we would only shoot it. By faith. You're like, Pastor, you crazy? An arrow? Shoot an arrow out the window. Yes, I'm crazy. <laughs> See, because I stand out on faith. Sometimes that's all we have is faith in a circumstance that looks like no outcome. This king saw the Arameans gaining ground, and he said, I'm going to shoot it because the man of God said so. So he shot, and he defeated them. This is an important piece here. You've been given an arrow. So the man of God said, now take these arrows, and he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, keep striking the ground. I'm not saying striking the ground. I'm saying shooting arrows, and then they strike the ground. And he struck it three times and then stopped. Listen, church, you have been given a bundle of arrows, arrows of victory. Amen? You have been given arrows of deliverance. Amen? You've been given arrows of influence. You have a bundle of arrows. What are we going to do with them? God has given you authority. And you're going to stop at three arrows striking the ground? Church, why is it that when we start gaining ground against the enemy, we throw that thing on neutral? Instead of mashing that gas, amen? In this case, Throwing arrows. Listen, you couldn't have gave me enough arrows. Amen. I'd have been throwing chairs out the window. I'd have been throwing all kinds of stuff out the windows. Striking the ground with all sorts of things. The man of God said, you should have struck five or six times. You should have been relentless. Listen, when God opens up a window and, and gives you an arsenal, amen, of authority, and you're just going to... Like you, 
I'm like, I'm, I'm shooting arrows. Church, it's time to keep striking. It's time to keep striking, keep striking, keep striking. Listen, if we've been given arrows of influence, why aren't we striking where they matter most in these seven mountains of influence? Why aren't we shooting arrows, amen, right into our family? Listen, I'm not saying shoot an arrow at your family. I'm saying if you know the significance of this arrow and what it represents, and God has given you a bundle of arrows. Hey, listen, maybe your bundle's this big, amen. Listen, I think big, amen. I've got a bundle of arrows, and I'm trying to win my family. Some of us need to win our homes, and you need to shoot as many arrows strategically toward your family, amen, because when they strike ground, they're going to burst something loose in your home. And we over here, like we just, you want to see the government shift and change? Forget the parties. Listen, it's time for us to start shooting arrows of victory within our government through prayer so that we can see things change. I don't care what party you're in. If I start praying, circumstances change. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and I'm going to add all this to you. I'm gonna throw that arrow. Strike in the ground. Listen, religion, the watered-down gospel that we're hearing, come on, you see it? You want to shoot some arrows and be effective? Come on, what if we strategically started to shoot arrows together unified? We're no longer going to talk about doing something. We're actually going to do something. Think about it. You want to take over your city? Tampa, come on. Plant City, come on. South Shore, Ruskin, come on. What if we started strategically to see the value and what God has placed within you through identity and we start to influence these mountains. Arts and entertainment has taken over our homes. I'm not saying you can't watch anything. Some of us are watching online. Praise God. I'm not saying you can't watch anything. It's what we let our eye gate and our ear gate influence in our homes. I don't want that junk in me. What if we got strategic when we shot these arrows? Don't stop at three, church. Don't stop at three. Don't stop at one. Listen, until you run out of arrows. When you get down to two or three arrows, you say, man of God, I need more. Man of God, I need more arrows. I'm going to keep striking, striking. I'm going to keep striking. Listen, in order for us to evangelize through these mountains, we have to be unified. Do you know that in biblical times, it's not much different than today when it comes to life groups? We have modern-day life groups. They called them house churches back then. We influence through life group. Why? Because the church has been mobilized. Listen, if you're thinking that we're about, listen, this body is not about filling the church. We're about filling the people. Amen? And we're trying to fill you by way of life groups. This is how we strategically influence a unified body in different pods. They did it. Read the Bible. It's in Romans. It's in Philemon. It's in Acts, all throughout Acts and Matthew. The church has been mobilized. But before we can even begin to do any influence, we got to get right. We have 
to get right. You and me, the church, I'm not talking about the four walls. Listen, they gathered in the temple daily, but they were in house churches every day as well. They gathered together. It starts with you and me. I'm going to talk through Revelation. Listen, can I just talk to the men for just a moment? For just a moment. Listen, if you're not coming to Iron Man, it's one of our ministry through Crossing Men. If you're not coming to Iron Man on Sunday mornings at 7.15, you're missing an opportunity to be discipled. You're missing an opportunity to get fed, amen, because as heads of homes, ladies, don't throw nothing at me. This is a good thing. As heads of homes, we need to submit to God's authority first before we can even lead our homes. Every Sunday morning, you have the opportunity to learn and glean and grow. It starts at 7.15 every Sunday morning at all campuses. In fact, we're going to start a study in Revelation. You want to come. So I'm going to talk about Revelation really fast. Listen with me fast. Revelation 1 through 3. I'm not going to put any scriptures up there. So you're going to have to follow me. Amen. In Revelation 1, this is an amazing, amazing time where John gets a download from God himself. And, 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 and John says in, in Revelation 1, verses 3 and 4, and I want to I talk through this a little bit. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy, and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. And John the seven, to John the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Let me just back up to verse 3 really quick. What he is saying here, he's, he's, he's speaking to us, and he's saying, he who reads, he who hears, and he who heeds. Now, there's a lot of sevens in Revelation, okay? There's seven golden bowls. There, there's seven lampstands, which represent the church. There's seven stars, which represents the angel of the churches, which are the pastors or leadership. There's all kinds of seven, seven seals. We heard Dr. Rutland speak on that recently. But these 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 seven Beatitudes, this is the very first one. There's seven Beatitudes in Revelation. Why is this important? The last time I checked, we were a people that loved to be blessed by God. Okay? And this first Beatitude, the first blessing, comes if we would submit to hearing His Word, reading His Word, and then taking heed to His Word. In fact, receiving His Word and then acted out upon it. If you want to be blessed, here's, here's, here's a hard one. Read his word, hear his word, amen, and take heed to his word. If you want to be blessed, here's the first blessing in Revelation. It's that simple. But are we reading his word, hearing his word, and taking heed to his word? Oh, it's quiet online. You can hear nothing he talks about the seven lampstands. In Isaiah 11:2, I have an image. He describes the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of Yahweh, right in the center. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. Read it. It's in Isaiah 11:2. The spirit of counsel and the spirit of understanding. The spirit of knowledge and strength. The spirit of fear of the Lord. Why is this important? Because the last time I checked, we have the Holy Spirit. 
And if the Holy Spirit indwells us, then we have these characteristics within us. That means I have authority. So when I shoot an arrow of influence, amen, I know strategically what it's going to do. Because the Word of God, the Holy Spirit resides in me, and I operate in all of this. You see, we've forgotten the power of God that resides in us. So then when we come into a circumstance, we are not effective enough because we've forgotten the power that lies within you and me. The Holy Spirit, here you go. We have been given power, but have we forgotten? I'm going to talk about it real quick. I'm going to start at the church of Ephesus. I'm going to talk about seven churches really fast. Listen with me fast, please. Online, Plant City, South Shore, listen to my heart. I believe these seven churches are talking specifically to the body of Christ today. I believe that we are all intertwined or involved in representing one or more of these churches. I believe that if the body of Christ would take heed to the word speaking, I believe we can really do a huge turnaround while we're shooting these arrows of influence and keep striking. You see, these seven churches were not just the only seven churches in Ephesus and, 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 and Smyrna and Pergamum. No, there were many more churches, just like churches in our own cities. But God chose specific churches, specific pastors in order to influence that region. I'm talking about you and me. Remember, this is the body of Christ I'm looking at online, Plant City, South Shore. The body of Christ has been mobilized. If we get right, the church of Hector, the church of Billy, the church of Lily, if we get our churches right, imagine how much more effective our arrows will be when they strike. So to the church of Ephesus, he says, I know to the angel of the church of Ephesus, I know your deeds and your hard work. This is in Revelation 2. He says, you cannot tolerate wickedness and you have tested even false prophets. Good job. You have endured hardships for my name and persevered and you guys have not grown weary. Yet you've forgotten your first love. You mean that we have walked away from the love of God? If, if you've walked away from the love of God, how can you love him and her? Have we been caught up on doing good things, overlooking God things? No, that's not me. I, listen, I know you got to sit there and act like, no, I, he talking to him. He's, Pastor's talking to this guy right here next to me. You can tell he, he forgot his first love at home this morning. <laughs> I know you got to sit there and, and look the part. Go ahead, just put your good face, good side up. This is my good side right here. Act like we good. Serving God and we forget to love God? At the cost of what? Our first love? You know what the Bible says? Repent. You know, what we, you know what we often do is we admit our wrongs, but admitting is the beginning of repentance without actually repenting. My bad, Pastor. You're right. Tomorrow, boy, though. It's another day. 
You know why God is so good? He not only tells us to repent and turn away from, he also says, if you do this, he said, I'm going to bless you. You know what he tells the church of Ephesus? He says, and if you would do this, you will eat from the fruit of the tree of life, which is in paradise. He says, listen, what you read in Genesis, I'm going to have for you in paradise, and you're going to grab all sorts of fruit of blessing. I'm going to bless you for turning from the very thing that's trying to beset you. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, I know your afflictions and your poverty situation, yet you are rich. You will suffer persecution and affliction, but hold fast. Be faithful even on to death. Boy, no one likes to be persecuted, though. We don't want to be persecuted. Church, are we going to continue to stay quiet when the living truth, the Word of God, resides in you and me? Are we ashamed of the gospel? How many people do we pass by? Are we ashamed of Christ crucified? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to be persecuted. At what cost? People going to hell? It speaks of, to the angel of the church in every church. The very beginning says to the angel of the church, listen, these are your pastors. Listen to me. I'm not saying, come on over here and kiss my ring. That's not what I'm talking about. But when do we stop submitting to the authority that God put before us? That when the angel of the set men of this house, our leadership speaks, we say, ah, yeah, I don't want to be persecuted, pastor. I'm, I'm going to pass on that. That ain't for me. Let me pray about it. Listen, do you know that our leadership is strategically praying, fasting, seeking God, so that when we shoot arrows of influence, arrows of victory, arrows of deliverance, we're not just shooting arrows here or shooting an arrow there, but we are strategically together. Could you imagine what 5,000, 10,000, 15 arrows within the body of Christ would look like if we would just descend those things in a specific area that we're trying to win? This guy, if he tried to run, he's, the, he can't, he's not going to make it. What if we sent arrows of victory in this direction together? What if we started to throw arrows of victory and striking the ground and gaining ground in our family, in our government, in arts and media, social media, in education? What if we together, the body of Christ, just, just think about the thousands that attend the crossing and we would shoot arrows together in one area. Imagine how we would take that overnight. But church, you got to repent. The Bible says that if you do repent, if you do persevere, you will receive the crown of life and the second death will not even touch you. Beware of that second death. Let me tell you something. You better, you better make sure you got it right, because that first one, not, that second one will be a doozy, let me tell you. I'm going to keep going, amen. Look like y'all going to throw arrows at me this morning. Huh? My God. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Wow. 
You did not deny my faith and still hold fast to my name, but this is what I hold against you. There are people teaching Balaam. False gospel. Make me feel good, pastor. If not, I won't come back. Gospel. Prosperity gospel. I don't want to hear none of that nonsense. Don't tell me to repent, pastor. I'm not. God is. That Balaam teaching, that watered down gospel, make me feel good today, gospel. I want to continue in my sin, gospel. Not in this house. He says, repent. And if you do, I will give you some of that hidden manna. Oh, my goodness. This is not red velvet. Amen. I, I, would, I would think it is. But it, that hidden manna in Matthew 6, 41, this is where Jesus tells the Jews, he says, hey, listen, I am that hidden manna that, come, that has come down from heaven. Then he says, I will give you a new name, an intimate relationship. Listen, to you, that may not mean a lot, but let me put it in perspective. God says, I will give you a new name if you repent. Let me tell you how important this is. Ask Abram before he became Abraham. Ask Sarai before she became Sarah. Amen. Ask Simon before he became Peter. On this rock I shall build my church. Ask Saul on the road to Damascus how important his name when he changed to Paul. There was a transference, amen, of anointing that's been given. He says, I'm going to give you a new name. Oh, man, if we would grab a hold of that. I want my new name. I want that transference of anointing, man. I just, mm. Whew. To the angel of the church of Thyatira, I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance. Oh, that's me, pastor. That's me. And even doing more than before. Yeah, that's definitely me. Woo. But Jezebel crept in. Jezebel has stepped into the church, the body of Christ, misleading servants into sexual immorality. Uh-oh. Pornography has stepped into your church. Our kids are hooking up. Is that okay? Fornication, adultery, cohabitation. Listen, I rebuke. In the name of Jesus, the condemnation that wants to creep in when we talk about these things is that ain't God. Amen? That, that is not God. There is now therefore no condemnation who walk after Christ. Amen? But I pray it cuts you a little bit. It cut me. He says, if you repent and you do this, I will give you the authority over the nations and rule with a scepter and the morning star. Jesus himself will be given to you. To the angel of the church of Sardis, he says again, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of looking like you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up, he says. Wake up, church. He says, remember what you have received and heard and keep it. Wake up. Some of us are walking around here. How you doing? Praise God. Praise his name. Hallelujah. God is good. Jesus. That's, that's my favorite. Lion. Wake up. 
All we got to do is repent. He says, if you do, I will clothe you with garments and not erase your name from the book of life. I will confess your name before my father. Imagine that we would turn from our sin and Jesus would say, Daddy, look, look at this. Look at Saul, now Paul. Look, look, Daddy, that he would boast because we've turned from our sin. Because we, we've turned from the very thing that's besetting us. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia, you are holy and true. That's me. I know your deeds too. An open door no one can shut. In other words, you have the favor of God. But I know you have little strength. But you keep my word and didn't deny me. Church, there are some of us that have held on to this. But we're running on little strength. Listen to me, church. Don't give up now. Don't relent. Don't stop. Plant City. Online, South Shore. Listen, if you're running on little strength, the enemy is wanting to capitalize. He's looking for you to wave a flag and throw in a towel. You don't have one to throw in. Amen. But he is looking for you to say, I'm done, so that he can say, here we go. And come in like a flood. But listen to me. God will raise the standard. Listen, you're running on little strength. Why? Can I ask a question? Don't, please don't raise your hands, though. Are we taking our Sabbath? Are we taking Sabbath and resting in the Lord? He says, but if you do overcome, I will make you a pillar. In other words, he will give you strength and stability. He says, and he will not go out from it anymore. Even though you live in this world, you will have a place of permanence, says the Lord. He says, I will write on him the names of God, even the city of God, the new Jerusalem. Here's what he's saying. I am going to place marks of identification because I want everybody you come in contact with to know that you are mine. If we repent, God says, I'm going to write a name on you, and everyone's going to say, that's a child of God. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Lord, help me. To the angel of the church of Laodicea, I'm going to land it. Amen. I know six. And he's like, how many churches this guy got? There's seven. Seven. This is the last one. To the church, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, you're not hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I am about to spit you out. I'm about to vomit you right out of my mouth. You think you have it going on, but you are blind and naked. God's words, not mine. You are blind and naked, looking like you got it going on, like you have all the riches and you need for nothing. Walking around here like, I'm good. Let me put it to you the way the Lord put it down to me. Lukewarm. Lukewarm commitments in our family. Lukewarm commitments in the church. We raise our hands, don't follow through. We say we're going to do lukewarm prayers. Lukewarm moments seeking God, looking lukewarm in passion. He says, repent. And if you repent, he said, you can sit next to my throne. You know what we need, church? We need the body of Christ, you and me. The teaching of the gospel, the word of truth to influence our culture 
And that's how we're going to gain ground for the kingdom. We have to put these things together, and it's going to take the church mobilized. But are you going to keep striking the ground? You have the arrows of influence, the arrows of victory. So here online and Plant City and South Shore, in just a moment, I'm going to ask the prayer partners to start making their ways up. Start coming up here right now. Plant City and South Shore, start coming. If you're online, you can click on there and receive prayer. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you, maybe you have to repent. You see, for me, church, you're like, well, pastor, you're up there acting. No, 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 listen, I was operating in two. I was hanging out in Ephesus, and I was hanging out in Philadelphia. Forgetting my first love. Running on little strength. If it wasn't for, for one of our leaders spending two and a half hours with me the other day and pouring buckets of love on me, I probably would have still been there today. But on Thursday of last week, I repented. I can't do it. Doing all this good stuff and God's not in it, man, I started dumping all kinds of stuff. Now my passion's back. My strength is renewed. I got it right. I repented. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come up and repent. We're going to do our salvation prayer, and then the campus pastors will take it. But here's what I'm going to ask you. If you have to get something right, I'm not asking you to come up and say, hey, here's, I'm going to spill the beans on all of this. If you want to, you can. But just come up and say, hey, listen, I need to repent. Will you join me? And let's pray together. And they will pray with you. Our prayer partners will pray with you. But let me do our salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, oh, this is this, this beginning of repentance right here that you do. And you turn from, God will restore you and redeem you. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, can we together pray this prayer? Say, dear Lord, dear Lord, forgive me for my sin. I know you sent your only son to die on the cross, to shed his blood that covers me, that gives me eternal life and rids all sin. Lord, come into my life. I repent. Lead me and guide me all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, here, Plant City, South Shore, on the count of three. Would you just raise your hand for me really quick on the count of three? Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand with me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Can we stand up, amen, and celebrate? Can we stand up and celebrate? Listen, if people are getting saved, baby, can we celebrate like there's, like, like, like something really happened? Don't worry about it. You ain't going to hell. It's okay. Not a big deal. Can we celebrate salvation? Remember when you got saved? My God. Listen, our prayer partners are here. I'm asking you. If you leave today, like, oh, I'm good, Pastor. All right. But don't miss out this opportunity to come up front and say, hey, listen, I've been, I've been in Philadelphia too long. I just need to get right. Our prayer partners are here. I am 
borderline begging you, come up. Let them pray for you, intercede with you. Get right, repent, turn back, and the blessings will follow you. Now listen, if you don't remember a thing I've said to you all day, remember this one thing. Church, it's time to keep striking, keep striking, keep striking. God bless you. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord.